Praise the Lord and welcome to the Old Path Bible Study. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Glad to have you gathered around God's Word with us today. I pray that you would get your Bibles and follow along with us. We're in Hebrews chapter 12. This will be part 24 in this 12th chapter. And this is the 19th day of January 2023, beautiful sunny day outside here in the piney woods of Northeast Texas. And I just praise God for what he's doing and what he's made this day for us to be able to rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. So uh, don't forget, you can see everything we do at thecrosswaychurch.com, the website and the YouTube channel. It's Curtis Hutchinson 316. Avail yourself to those avenues of ministry there and you will learn the word of God in its righteous context, mean, meaning that uh, the, 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 the picture of your Redeemer is growing greater in your heart. Hallelujah. And the benefits of who Jesus is and what he did at the cross, the Holy Spirit will provide for you every step of the way. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 12, part 24, and we're in verse 24 also. So let's watch today and see what the Lord himself will impart and graft his beautiful words of life, light, and liberty into our souls. You see, God says under the new covenant, Hebrews 8 and 10 and verse Hebrews 10 and 16, that he will write his words in our minds, put them in our hearts and write them in our minds. And he does that is he's able to guide us into the very truths of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hebrews 12 and 24, the Bible here says, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. And, and, and what he's doing here, he's, he's, he's uh, showing us what we've come to, and we've seen that on the last couple of verses before this one, uh, compared to what the Old Testament saints, some of the things they were brought to. And what we have is so much better, so much better of this new and everlasting covenant in the blood of Jesus that just everything else was only a type and shadow of all the other covenants uh, with God and men down through the ages would be swallowed up in this everlasting covenant, this covenant found in the blood of God's son on Calvary's cross. And he's telling us, what we've come to now, and you can go back and listen to the other sessions and see even more that we've been told by the Holy Spirit that we've come to. We've not come to what they came to in the old covenant, but we've come to what we read here in this 12th chapter of Hebrews. And here, let's read this again, because this is a very important Bible verse, especially when you are trying to understand what Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 really mean when God says in times past, in various ways and diverse manners, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, and that means since the new covenant, since Jesus came and did what he did on the cross, in these last days, God speaks to us by his son. That means not just the words that Jesus taught while he was here, 
because no one's going to hear them anyway unless they hear the call of God to come to God through his son that he did send. So to help us understand that, the Holy Spirit has given us verse 24 here. It, it's kind of like you can't just pick a verse out. You have to study the Word of God. It's like in this 12th chapter, if you scroll back up to verse 15, just to make a point here, you see verse 15 that you're told to look diligently lest you fail of the grace of God, but you're not told what to look at. So if you keep going back, up to verse 2, you will see that you've already been told what to look at. In verse, it's Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then in verse 15, you're told to look diligently at that. That means without fail, without break, never stop looking under Jesus and what he did at count never stop it. See, the cross is far more than just about you being pardoned, forgiven of your sins. It's about you receiving power to live as the children of God. And so you need to understand this. So when we get down here and we see, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, that blood of his that cleansed us, that speaks better things than that of Abel. This is, I believe, the clearest picture of what it really means for God to speak by his son in these last days. He speaks by his son through his son's death. You have to understand the, the way that God brings anybody near is by the blood of his son, Ephesians 2 and 13. Let's go there and look at that while we're bringing that up this morning. He says, let's read verse 12 before we read verse 13. And here is in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. Watch. But now in Christ Jesus, who you who were at one time far off are made nigh, brought near by the blood of Christ. You see, you were brought near by the blood of Christ. You were brought near by the voice that was speaking to you through the blood. Do you get that? I hope you do. I hope you really get that. This is why the message of the cross cannot be just another message, and we have a lot of other messages. We could be teaching on tongues in the new covenant. We could be teaching on how to raise our children up under the new covenant. We could be teaching on the baptism with the Holy Spirit. We could be teaching on faith, repentance, marriage, any topic that's in the Bible, but the power of God will not be there for impartation if our faith is not anchored in the only object God has offered us uh, to have our faith in. And I won't get too deep into it, but let me make the comment again today. 
because the Bible says there is one faith, that means there's only one object of faith. There's only one faith, Ephesians 4 and 5. That means there's only one object of faith, and it's Christ and what he did at Calvary because he loved us. That's the faith Galatians 2.20 tells us we live by. Hallelujah. See, if we keep it in the simplicity of Christ, then we won't be carried off through the lust of our flesh for other things. And we need to remember that. So let's get back down here and let's talk about this because we're being told, we are being told, these are not lost people being told these are saved people being warned about what happened to Esau. If you read back up a few verses, because the danger's there for you and me to throw away our birthright for worldly things. Come on now. Come on now. How many times do we go after worldly things and put Jesus on the back burner? That's a dangerous thing to do. We've all done it. I said, we've all done it. I don't know whoever you are saying, I've never done it. Oh, my friend. Oh, you've done it, even though you were deceived and didn't even know you were doing it. And that's a horrible, that's worse. And, 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 but that's the case for most. We, we, we didn't really, we weren't conscious of what we were doing. We, we, you know, just like Eve. This is why Paul says, I fear that you be deceived like Eve was. Uh, listen, in, in the vanity of her mind, listen, the devil succeeded in making Eve believe she could be like God by disobeying God. Think about that. It's where the church is today because if our faith is not anchored, listen, deliberately and consciously, our faith, that means from our hearts touching the death of Jesus, our union with him in his death, if that's not what we're trusting in with all of who we are by faith, and, we're, and we think any of these other things can bring us near to God. The Bible says it's the blood that brought us near. Listen, God don't use these other things. If we think he does, and we're using them to be more like God, we fall and pray to the same deception Eve has. So, you've heard it. You, 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 you know it's true, those of you who the Lord has brought out of that mess. And don't think you can't go back, because you can't. I've watched people in and out and back and forth. I've, you Listen, you can still do the biggest piece of stupid you've ever done. You better know you can. You've got to cling to the only object of faith God has ever given you or all of humanity to be able to stand in this liberty where with he made you free. That's in the death of Jesus. Hallelujah. So let's watch this now. And to Jesus... <coughs> the mediator of the new covenant and to the, we've come to Jesus. That's what he's saying here. We've come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of cleansing. The blood still plays a part in our daily Christian lives as we walk with the one who in the light, with the one who is in the light. We have fellowship one with another and the blood. That's us. That ain't, that's not lost people. That's those who are walking with our Lord in the light in which he walks. The light of his righteousness, the light of what he did at Calvary. It's the only way you can walk with him. And in that fellowship with him through faith in what he did at Calvary, the blood, which proves that's what our faith has to be in, continues to cleanse us 
from all sin, all unrighteousness. That, look, at that speaks better things than that of Abel. Better things than that of Abel. The blood of Jesus speaks better things than that of Abel. And, and, you know, there's more than one place where we can see, as we looked in Ephesians 2.13, that it's the blood that, that made us near to God, brought us near. Jesus actually taught, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Well, he was lifted up on that cross, and that's the place where God draws all men. Nobody's being drawn by God to anywhere else but Calvary. And even after you're saved, my friends, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4.11 that the Holy Spirit turns, or yeah, 2 Corinthians 4.11 that the Holy Spirit turns us over, delivers us to death so that we might experience the life of Christ. Listen, I can only express the amount of, of the life of Christ that I am experiencing. And we are here. Our main objective is to express Christ, to live as Christ. Come on now. To live as Christ. Amen. So watch this. Now, we've come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, cleansing, that speaks better things than that of Abel. Watch. See that you refuse not him that speaks. Now, why are we being told this? Why did we have to be warned about Esau? Don't listen to these people who say you can't throw your birthright away. Don't, I mean, you've come too late to, to try to bring that heresy uh, on my watch. It, it won't work. I've got a Bible, hallelujah. You, you've come too late to try to tell me that I, that God would warn me about something and somebody that couldn't happen to me. And he's told me that I need to read the old custom, uh, old covenant stories and because there I'll find hope through the scriptures. There I can see the warnings of the admonition of the Lord that was on them. I can learn and glean from them to avoid things that, that they didn't avoid. And so, but, but watch verse 25. See that you refuse not him that speaks. Well, let's ask a serious question. What's the last thing you heard God tell you? Because he speaks to his sheep. He guides his sheep by speaking to his sheep. He leads them. He doesn't drag us along with his staff. He guides us with his rod and his staff. Hallelujah. That's the authority of his word that we allow to be in our hearts. We allow that. God doesn't come and take people over like robots and machines. That's why we're told here, see that you refuse not him. If that weren't a possibility, then we wouldn't be being told it. No, this is not to lost Jews. This is to say, written to saved Christian Jewish people. It's written to you and me. See that you refuse not him that speaks. He's speaking. He's speaking. The Listen, we... Listen very carefully. The Bible says, and recently I've been sharing this with those that follow this ministry. In Job chapter 7, verse 18, the Bible says that our God tries us every moment. That's what your Bible says. 
That's what your Bible says. Our God tries us every moment. And the same Job wrote in a later chapter, verse chapter 23, verse 10. I hope you'd write this down and look at this. In Job 23 and 10, he gives the reason why God tries us every moment. He says, when I come through, when, he, when God tries me and I come through, I'll be as gold. Hallelujah. God is trying to bring us through each moment in that purifying process, that being made conformable to the image of his son's death so that we can be more like gold. If you don't understand these things, how are you ever going to understand when the Lord says to the church in Revelation, buy of me gold? That means not your wallet, not your money, buy into, surrender to that which I'm doing that's making you pure like gold. I'm conforming you into the image of my son's death. Hallelujah. We, we for too long want to just be all about resurrection power, but the devil has seduced us for the most part. He's deceived us so deceitfully, and we've not known, and many are hearing, but now rejecting this great truth that you have resurrection power to live the crucified life, to present your bodies a living sacrifice. Hallelujah. If you knew that, if you accepted that, then you'd quit blaming the devil for everything, and you and I would just learn to trust our God as it is he behind all the trying. He does not tempt us to sin, but he does try us uh, to bring us through and when we come through his trying job said we'll be like gold hallelujah that, that that's a that's a, a look at being uh, refined and all the things that we don't need the things that are hindering this process of purity being removed through god trying us and hear me every moment. How much of that are you conscious of? How much of that are you deliberately focused on? How much of those moments of your life do you have your faith deliberately and consciously holding on to your union with Christ in his death? Not just your pardon and forgiveness, your place there of union, your position with him in death, my friends. That's where your faith has to be. That's where your faith must be. If it's not, then, then we are being seduced and deceitfully deceived by the sin nature itself. And you, you have to be careful with trusting in anything other than the cross. I'm not talking about a blanket statement where people say, well, of course we believe in the cross. Of course we do. No, I'm talking about that which your faith must be in deliberately, just like when you were born again, you deliberately surrendered to the truth of the cross to be saved 
and forgiven from your sins. Your daily life, moment by moment, has to be that same deliberate, conscious faith in your union with Jesus in his death. And the moments that it's not are the moments we do the big pieces of stupid that we do. You say, give me more scripture for the reality of this. Uh, okay, Peter said in 2 Peter 1, 9 and 10, that while, while we're making our calling and election sure, we will never stumble. It's only while we're not considering the one that endured such contradiction of sinners that we do grow weary and faint in our minds. It's when we're not listening to the voice that speaks to us through the blood, hallelujah, that we go and our flesh, the lust of our flesh, takes over that which the Spirit is lusting to do in our lives and causes us to go after, go after, even if it's not obvious sinful things such as drunkenness and fornication and adulteries and thefts and that thing. It's the sin simply of not trusting in the cross alone. That's a sin. Get this. All unrighteousness is sin, the Bible says in 1 John. All unrighteousness is any unrighteousness is sin. That means while I'm trusting in anything other than the righteous work Jesus carried out at Calvary, I'm committing a sin. Mm, this is why, this is why we're being told, see that you refuse not him that speaks from heaven. He's still speaking to you through the blood, teaching you, guiding you into all truth. But God's focus is nothing but the cross. I want you to know that. For you, he wants your focus to be nothing but Calvary. People make fun of Paul. People make fun of us for talking about being determined to know nothing other than Christ and him crucified. Make no mistake about it. Those who are learning to do that join the fellowship and the unity of others who are also walking in that determination. The negative comments that come about those behind the scenes are because they are not determined to know nothing other than Christ and him crucified. They've taken the way of focusing on the Holy Spirit or focusing on the baptism with the Holy Spirit or focusing on any. You are told by your God as a child of God not to boast in anything but the cross. And when you do, that's why you go around telling everybody the answer, this nation needs to get on their knees, and this nation does need to get on their knees. But the answer is not prayer. The answer is not prayer. Israel was praying before they got had a Savior offered to them. The answer is Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary. And when my faith is deliberately and consciously placed there, I'll do what I did when I got born again, when I believed in the heart, I prayed. It's with the heart men believe, not just initially, but every moment of the day, unto righteousness, and the mouth speaks unto salvation. And the Bible says, Peter wrote in 1 Peter 1, 5, that we're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. This is why... When we're not talking about the Lord, when we're not talking about Jesus and what he did at Calvary, when we avoid those conversations, that's because our faith is not there. 
Oh, I know what people say. Oh, my, I do believe in that. I believe Jesus died. I believe in the cross. But you're not trusting in that. Or you'd be wanting to talk about that. When the heart is believing unto righteousness, the mouth will speak unto salvation. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Let's read it again. 1 Peter 1 and 5. Write it down. It's your study time right now. We, Christians, children of God, are kept by the power of God. The Bible says the preaching of the cross, the power of God, 1 Corinthians 1.18, through faith unto salvation. Amen. And, and, and listen, faith, faith speaks. Faith doesn't speak things into existence. Faith, we don't speak things into existence. What we do is we believe and as we have believed, when we're believing properly, we also, as we believe properly, will also speak properly. That's what the Bible teaches. Come on now. That's what the Bible teaches. We also have believed, therefore we also speak. Amen. When the heart is believing unto righteousness, the mouth will be speaking unto salvation. That's We've used Romans 10 and 10 for some initial entrance experience of salvation, and it is. But it's not just for that. That's what's wrong with the church. They're no longer believing unto righteousness. They're no longer seeing all God's words in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8, and his righteousness only revealed in the gospel. They're not seeing that. But we're that we're here today, and five times a week, offering the truth that's in God's Word already there. Nothing new; it's already there to all people, lost so they can be saved, and saved people so they can live saved. See that <clears throat> you refuse Him not that speaks. How do we do that? We're not interested in the message of the cross. Well, you're gonna have problems hearing God then. Well, it ain't that narrow, brother. The Lord speaks through the blood. We're only drawn by the blood, brought near by the blood. We've seen that in the Word today, okay? We've seen that in the Word today. We're only brought near by the blood, by the voice that's speaking through the blood. That's not just to be born again. Nobody is brought near and walks near the Lord without having a deliberate, conscious faith in the death of Jesus and their union with him in that death. Now listen, don't go, don't go looking back and asking questions about experiences. We don't live by any of that. Even Peter, after seeing what he saw on the Mount of Transfiguration, and that is what he's referring to when he says, but yet we have a more sure word, word of prophecy. We don't live by what we see. We don't live by what we see. Matter of fact, Christians have nothing to prove anything about anything in their lives other than Scripture. Scripture. And Scripture must be in the light of the one who said Scripture was about him and what makes Scripture about our Jesus is what he would come and do on Calvary's cross. Isn't that powerful? So this, watch this. See that you refuse not him that speaks... We just got through being told that he speaks through the blood better things than that of the blood of Abel. Are you hearing him today? 
I didn't say, do you go to church or you listen to a preacher? Are you in this Bible study? Are you hearing your great and good shepherd? Because he is speaking. How can he try me every moment if he's not speaking to me? And I know uh, preachers have come along and written books what to do when God's not speaking. Let me tell you, there's only one thing to do when you're not hearing God speak, and that's repent and come back to the place, your faith in the cross, where you can hear him speaking because that's what he's speaking to. You're not hearing God, my friends, because you're not listening to the right voice. You're not listening with your faith in the right object. Come on now, I'm just, this is all Bible, all Bible. What to do. It's so spiritual, say, what to do when God's not speaking. Repent and get back to the place where you can hear him. Now, where's that at in the Bible? Revelation chapter three. They were told, I think it's the church of Sardis told there in Revelation chapter three to repent and get back to the place where they could hear and receive. They were no longer hearing. Now, they thought they were receiving because they had a name that they were alive, but Jesus says through John, you're dead. I want you to know that's most of the church today. They got it, man, they got a name. They're doing this, they're doing that, they're doing this, but they're not hearing. They're hearing something, but they're not hearing through faith in that blood. And that's the only place you're going to hear God. Well, what about, no, listen, it ain't about all the whatabouts and what else. It's about what do you see in Scripture? What is the Holy Spirit showing you in Scripture? That's all you got, my friend experiences, Mormons got them. Jehovah's Witness got them. Buddhists have them. Uh, There's lots of people got spiritual things happening in their lives. Remember, Satan can counterfeit everything. What you have is a more sure word of prophecy. What you have is scriptural truth. And it can become truth to you to light your path if you're seeing it and hearing it in the light of who Jesus is and what he did at Calvary. See that you refuse not him that speaks. For if they escape not who refused him that spoke on earth, how much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaks from heaven? What does that reveal? That more is being offered now. One that's speaking all the way from heaven now. Through faith in what his, his, his son did, he's offering you the opportunity to, to hear him through that blood and to come to him and walk with him in the light of that blood so that that blood can save you and cleanse you every step of the day, every moment of the way as your God tries you Every moment, Job 7, 18, to bring you through as gold. My friend, that's not something that's happening without your legitimate, tangible, conscious, deliberate faith in your union with him in his death. This overall, well, we believe in the cross too, man. That's why you got the issues you got. Because you say you believe in the cross, and I know you do for your pardon, but you're not trusting in that, your union with him in his death. If you had been, you wouldn't have done that. You wouldn't have said that. And I know now is when the devil says, well, nobody's perfect, man. I get that. That's a factual statement. But everybody that's saved, everybody that's been born again has a right now, a birthright keep clinging to that nail-scarred hand, their union with Christ in his death so that they can also experience and express 
the life of their Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you hearing your Savior? Are you hearing your Savior? You're not just because you're reading the Bible. You're not just because you're hearing somebody preach the Word. Are you hearing Him? And if you are, are you doing what you're hearing? That's what the Bible teaches. God bless you. I love you. And I so, I'm so thankful for the army of uh, soldiers of the cross that God is raising up all over the world, every nation, tribe, and tongue. God is getting this message out to his people to awaken them from the slumber that we've been in. Oh, so long seduced and deceived. Oh, so long, just like Eve, thinking that we can draw near to God that we can be more like our Lord through any other means than that which he's given us, the precious blood of his son. Oh, hallelujah to the lamb. I'm so thankful for this great illumination coming forth now out of God's word into our hearts concerning the revelation of his son, the testimony of his son and what his son did at Calvary. I pray the Lord touch you where you are right now, body, soul, and spirit, and the miracle of healing you've been waiting for today will be the day. The, the day of breakthrough will be today. The day of overcoming, coming on over to the place where Christ reigns in your life through the victory he offers you at Calvary. I pray that would happen today and that you would find the courage, the confidence, and the boldness to get up and get out of where you are if you're not hearing great truths such as this that you've heard today and be planted where it pleases the Lord to plant you in his body. I love you. And I, again, the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. If the Lord stirs your heart to give to our ministry, you can easily do that at thecrosswaychurch.com. You can easily text the word give to the number 903-231-5950. I love you. God bless you. I'll see you in the morning on Cross Time with Pastor Curtis as we endeavor to move on in further to 1 Peter chapter 2. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.